Mary Mac Bakehouse will be at Johnny Angel's Ginchy Stuff's parking lot for a mini market at 5 o'clock p.m. this Saturday, May 8th. Stop by and pick up fresh baked goods and mixes. Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mac. Today's episode is focused on asparagus. This is the season for asparagus, the springtime. It's just the very beginning of May, and right now in grocery stores, oh, probably from the Midwest to the East Coast, you can get pretty nice asparagus now. A lot of it is from South America. I got some beautiful asparagus that came from Mexico, and it's just going to start coming in now. And the closer we get to the end of May, the more local the asparagus becomes, which is even better because nothing is better than local asparagus that's grown in your area. On the West Coast, they have a lot longer asparagus season, which is so nice, so nice and lucky for them. But on the East Coast, we only have about a two-month span Um, where it's available from local farms. So enjoy it as much as you can. And I'm going to give you some recipes and tips for preserving and using and cooking with asparagus. Because what I really like to do is buy it and freeze a lot of it so that I have it for use throughout the year until the next asparagus season. So here is what you do with asparagus. First of all, cleaning. I don't peel asparagus. Some people do. They peel it because the skin can be kind of tough or the outside edge of it can be kind of tough. Even where it's tender, the closer you get to the bottom. If you like to peel it or want to try peeling it, go right ahead. And you basically just peel the bottom of the stem after you have snapped the tough end off. As far as cleaning it, What I do with asparagus when I get it is I just rinse it and leave it stand in a colander to drain off and dry well. So how do you choose good asparagus? What are you looking for? You want the heads to be nice and tight and not like opened and loose because when they're open and loose, obviously that means it's older and it looks like it's starting to go to seed. So you want the heads of the asparagus to be very nice and tight. I like the asparagus stems to be about three-eighths to a half-inch in diameter. Bigger than that is fine, too. I don't really like much smaller than that because it can be kind of like limp sometimes or sometimes it has a real bitter flavor when it's small like that. So I don't really like it small, but I guess it's all in your taste. So when you're getting it at the grocery store, you want to get asparagus that does that's like green pretty far down. Sometimes when it starts to age out, the bottom of the stalk where the cut is will be white and it'll get whiter and whiter as it goes up, you know. So you can tell how long it's been there, really. This last week, I ran into a nice supply of asparagus at our store And I was able to get three nice bundles of it that looked really good. And they each had about 15 spears in them. So that was a nice batch of asparagus to get. And I froze a lot of it and made a few dishes with it. So here's what I did. First of all, freezing. What you want to do is you want to rinse your asparagus really well. You want to remove the tough ends. And if you don't know how to do that, 
It's fairly simple. You just want to grab the very bottom edge of your asparagus and start to bend it and it will snap where it's tender. Now you might have a little bit more of tender left on that bottom that comes off, but it will mainly snap where it starts to get tender. And that's the way you take your good asparagus off. But don't throw away those ends because we're going to use them for something else towards the end later down the list. Okay, once you have all your asparagus snapped, if you're going to freeze it, cut it into about two inch pieces and then just put it into quart freezer bags. I measure usually two cups of asparagus pieces. Put it into a quart freezer bag, squeeze as much air out as you can and seal it. And then put your bags of asparagus into another bag. This is called double bagging. Put it into another bag. And that way it very, very rarely will get frost in it or ice in it. It freezes really nice if you do that. You do not have to blanch or par cook your asparagus for freezing. Just freeze it fresh. And I've been doing this for many, many years and it always comes out good. And I use it in the same dishes that I use fresh asparagus in. Now, if you're going to just, if you want to reheat it and just eat it, you might not like it because sometimes it can be a little bit soft, you know, from freezing it. But it works just fine in the pasta dishes that I use it in. I used it in a quiche, worked very well. So it does work well in cooked dishes like that. If you want to just cook some of your asparagus, you can either cut it up or leave it long, whichever you prefer. And there's several ways you can cook it. I would say your final product is pretty equal. First of all, microwave steaming and regular steaming is the favorite way that I like to cook it. Microwave steaming, you just take your asparagus and rinse it and put it into a microwave dish that has a lid, a good fitting lid. And you can sprinkle it with a little bit of salt, but don't do anything else to it. Put it in and microwave it for two to three minutes and then leave the lid on it and it will continue to steam in there. And then you can serve that with a nice balsamic vinegar or a balsamic reduction. It's great with a balsamic reduction. Just drizzle that on there. Um, it makes a delicious side dish just like that. Even just with salt on it, it's good. Okay. Steaming it in a steamer, you want to put about an inch of water in the bottom pan of a steamer and bring that to a simmer. Put your steamer pan on, put your asparagus in, sprinkle a little bit of salt on there and put the lid on and steam it for eight to 10 minutes. You can check it with a fork and see if it's tender. And, and that's pretty easy. You can actually do that and then cook some other things in your meal and just let the asparagus steam. And that's a good way to do it. And stir frying, put it in a heavy bottom skillet, bring your heat up to medium, put some olive oil in there, maybe a little bit of garlic and put your asparagus in and just keep it moving. You don't want it to burn. Keep it moving five to six minutes and it's cooked. So those are three pretty easy ways to cook them. You can also cook asparagus on a grill. It's nice if you have a basket to cook it in. That works nice. You can cook it on a grill. You can um, roast it in the oven. Just drizzle it with some oil and a little bit of salt and put it on a baking sheet in the oven and do the same thing. Um, I bake it on about 375 convection, 8 to 10 minutes, and you know turn it every couple minutes. And you can also do that. 
So anyways, good. My preferred method, to be honest, is microwave steaming. I really like it like that. It comes out good every time, very consistently good. And then I drizzle a little bit of balsamic reduction on it and it's perfect, delicious. Here's a couple recipes for asparagus. I make these very, very often. The first is, okay, now everyone knows if you've listened to this podcast at all that my pronunciation is not good for anything, English or any other language. So this is something that we eat all the time and we usually just call it pasta a olio. It's also called aglio a olio, which is Italian for garlic and olive. Aglio. Aglio. Aglio a olio. Aglio a olio. Aglio e olio. It's just like the jelly donuts, and I'm not getting into that. This is a really easy recipe. Um, you can use any kind of pasta. We like it with angel hair. And basically, you take a large skillet, you heat olive oil in it, whatever type of olive oil you prefer. I like to use organic olive oil because then you know it actually is olive oil or olive oil from a really, really good supplier that you can be sure it's olive oil. So put in, um, in your skillet, um, about two to three tablespoons of olive oil. And then depending upon how much you love garlic, one to two tablespoons of garlic minced. You can either use the jarred minced garlic or fresh minced garlic. And you just want to heat the garlic and olive oil. You don't want your garlic to brown. You just want to heat it until it's warmed up and you can, you just start to get that smell of the olive oil. Okay. In the meantime, while you're starting this, you want to start a pot of water boiling. You're going to cook one pound of angel hair pasta in there. Okay. So get your skillet ready with your garlic and olive oil, get your pot ready and get your water going in your pot. So once your garlic is starting to warm up, and get that little bit of garlic smell, add your asparagus, and this is where you want to cut it in like two inch pieces, and put your asparagus in there. You want to put about, probably about a half to three quarters of a pound of asparagus in there, and start sauteing the asparagus. You can add a little more olive oil if you need to. Once your water starts to boil, put about a teaspoon of salt into it, and then add your angel hair pasta. And what I do is I put my angel hair pasta in and really quickly get a, a wooden spoon and start to get it under the water. Set your timer for three minutes. As soon as you have that angel hair in the water, set your timer for three minutes because you do not want to cook this for a very long time. Okay? Get that cooking, cooking right along. When your timer goes off, get a dipper and get about two to three cups of that starchy water out of the pan before you drain the angel hair. So scoop that out into a measuring cup or something and then dump your cooked angel hair into a colander and let it drain. And then now your asparagus is cooking with your olive oil nicely cooked. You want to take your angel hair and put it very carefully into your skillet with your olive oil, garlic, and asparagus and start to toss that around and then take that starchy water and add it a little bit at a time as you toss it around. And probably, I think I just made this the other day and I think I used about one and a half cups of starchy water. 
There's probably a name for this, I'm sure, but I just call it starchy water. You're welcome to call it what you like. I am not a chef, okay? <laughs> I am just a cook. <laughs> I don't know. I've only ever heard people call it like pasta water or stuff like that. Yeah, I just call it starchy water because that's what it is, is starchy water. But it kind of, what it does is it makes a little bit of a thin sauce with the olive oil. You can also add more olive oil too as you toss this around because you don't want your pasta to stick. You want it to, you know, be warmed and coated well with the garlic and you want to try it. It's really hard to move the asparagus around in this, but once you get it, you know, nicely stirred and mixed in or whatever, then you're going to grate a little bit of fresh Romano cheese on top of it. You know, maybe about mm, an ounce or two, depending upon how much you love freshly grated Romano cheese. Grate that onto it and serve. It's really good. It makes a great dinner, especially like if it's hot outside and you want something nice and light for dinner. This makes a really great dinner. And um, it's very, very good. So that's one recipe. This is the next one we make a lot. This is shrimp and asparagus with penne pasta. And this is also pretty simple to make. Um, once you have all your items, you can put your items, uh, prep them ahead of time to dump everything in. It actually goes pretty quickly. So what you'll need is probably two pounds of shrimp that is pre-cooked and tails removed. Um, and you know, I like to get the shrimp that is pre-cooked and frozen and, you know, not mess around with cooking shrimp. So, um, basically if you just thaw your shrimp and pull the tails off, your shrimp is ready to go. You will need a jar of roasted red peppers, which you're probably going to use about a half a cup of chopped roasted red peppers. Um, you'll need a cup of sliced mushrooms. They can be canned or fresh. And you'll need, again, the Romano cheese. You need about four plum tomatoes that have been chopped. And then about a pound of asparagus, which has been cleaned and cut into two-inch pieces. Oh, and one pound of penne pasta. Penne takes 11 minutes to cook. So you're going to want to cook your pasta first or get your pasta going first because the rest of it comes together really quickly. So get your water going and get your pasta cooked and you can actually cook it and drain it and have it in your colander and then get started on the rest of this. So again, you're going to get a big skillet. You're going to take about three tablespoons of olive oil and put in and a tablespoon of garlic and uh, begin to saute. And then you're going to add your asparagus pieces and saute those. And as they cook, now the, the roasted red peppers are cooked because they're canned. So they don't, they don't really need to cook. They just need to heat up. The mushrooms, however, you should put in and really give them a good saute. So put your mushrooms in next and give them a good saute. And then your tomatoes. And you're starting, you're not going to have an actual sauce here. It's going to be kind of like the garlic thing again, but it's not going to really be a sauce. So once you get the vegetables heated and cooked, once you get the vegetables heated and cooked well, you're going to very carefully put your shrimp on top of that and start to toss it because it only takes a few minutes to heat the shrimp up since it's already cooked. Put your shrimp in there and begin to toss it around until it warms up. 
and then add your penne pasta and toss that around. Once you get your pasta in, you can see if you need more olive oil or not, and you can add it as needed. Add about, eh, to your liking, but probably about a teaspoon of red pepper flakes, a good bit of sea salt and black pepper, and toss it around a little bit. And then take, uh, you're going to need about a half a cup of freshly grated Romano cheese or more if you like more cheese and sprinkle that in and toss it around also. And there's your dish, shrimp and asparagus. It's really good and it makes a nice big pan of it. And it's very delicious. And you can add more vegetables if you like. Whatever you have or you want to add, you can add more different kinds of peppers. You can add onion. You can use uh, artichoke hearts I've chopped and put into this before. So there's a lot of different things you can do. Make it very vegetable heavy, but it's, uh, it's really, really good. So that's a classic that we have pretty often when asparagus is on. Last... I told you to save those asparagus stems. So every time you have asparagus during the season and you have those stems, what I want you to do is cut the very hardest part of the end off. And you can even use a vegetable peeler and peel off any um, very hard exterior uh, skin that's on them and put them into a bag and freeze them. And save them up until you have about two quart bags full of the asparagus ends. We're going to make a cream of asparagus soup with these tough ends. Now I learned something this last time I made them. I was trying to do this recipe using the tough ends instead of just like regular asparagus like you would normally do. Because that's a lot you, I, I feel like that's a lot you waste, you know, when you take those ends off, you're throwing away. I mean, it would be, I've done seven bundles of asparagus in the last two weeks. And that would have, that was two quart bags full of ends. So yeah, that would have been a lot of waste. So what I did, I, I just froze them as I went along. And when I had the two bags full, I put some olive oil about, I don't know, about two tablespoons of olive oil in a, in a pan. And I sauteed one onion in the olive oil just until I just sweated it, you know, just until it got glossy and started to get clear. Okay. And then I added three cups of chicken broth and my thawed asparagus pieces that I had saved. I let those cook for about an hour to soften them up because they were literally like sticks. Okay. <laughs> and I, I got them till I could stick a fork into them, you know, and then I burned up my immersion blender, blending these up, to <laughs> blending these up to make a sauce. Do not use an immersion blender in this. Very bad idea because these things have like straw in them, you know? So, um, I learned a valuable lesson. If you have a vegetable strainer, like one I've talked about in the past, I have a manual vegetable strainer that looks like a big cone that's full of holes and you put your vegetables in there and then it has a wooden piece that goes with it that presses the vegetables through the holes to strain out stuff. If you have one of those, it's perfect for this job. If not, what I would recommend is this. Take your cooked asparagus pieces 
about a ladle at a time, maybe let it cool a little bit, take them about a ladle at a time and run them through your food processor. And I, I did this and it really worked well to separate the threads from the um, soup broth that I wanted. And then I pressed it through a sieve, which I actually pressed it through a colander. Let me say that. I pressed it through a colander that had small holes. So bigger than a sieve, not as big as a great big colander. And I used that to get the juice out. I was able to get a full quart of asparagus broth out of this. It was, well, when I burned up my immersion blender and I had to think of another way to do this without, I should have just got the vegetable press out. That would have been the thing to do, but I didn't. So I kind of messed around way more than necessary. But if you have a vegetable grinder or a vegetable press that would work really well um, with this sort of a thing. So anyway, uh, after messing around with it for a while, I was able to press it through a little colander and get all of this delicious asparagus broth out of it. And then I made a cup of white sauce to thicken it with. So I melted two tablespoons of butter. I added a fourth cup of flour to that and stirred it very quickly while adding a cup of milk. And then I cooked and stirred that for about 15 minutes until it got nice and thick. Then I added my asparagus broth to it and stirred and cooked it for about a half an hour. And it was really, really good. Really good. Even though I burned up my immersion blender and had to throw it away, the soup was very good. Well worth it. And I didn't feel guilty about not throwing away the tough ends, which burned up my immersion blender. So I'm just putting that out there. Don't use an immersion blender in this. Totally didn't think of it. It got so many. What I should have done was when I was blending it with my immersion blender, every time I picked it up, it had this big gob of asparagus straw stuck in it. I should have thrown that away, but I didn't think of that until after the blender quit working. Then I said, hmm, probably should have done that. But now that I've done this and thought it through, I see a better way to do this. I'd like to say, though, when I got this idea, I, of course, found a recipe on the Internet that said to do exactly that thing. Cook the asparagus, put an immersion blender in there, blah, blah, blah. Well, didn't work. So, great idea. I didn't waste my asparagus ends. Use a manual vegetable press or grinder instead of an immersion blender or a food processor that has a very large motor. <laughs> and it is well worth it. And those are my asparagus recipes for spring 2021. <laughs> Make sure to check us out online on Facebook at Merrimack Bakehouse, on Instagram at Merrimack Bakehouse, on Twitter at Mobile Merrimack and Merrimack Podcast, and on our website, merrimackpodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.